It's the My Michelle Live podcast. This is entertainment review. More at MyMichelleLive.com. Let's get to the show. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. I am Michelle Mendoza, and it's time for a little entertainment review. My Michelle Live Entertainment Review. looking at a film that you might be able to connect with kind of romantic kind of a heart jerker sunrise in heaven but there is more to the story I saw this film recently didn't even know it was based on a true love story so we'll talk about that with one of the actors in the film who has a pretty fun past you've seen her in some inspiring fun moving faith films she's involved in other things like writing and producing so we're going to get to know Erin Bethia is it Bethia or Bethia forgive me no, you're fine. Everyone mispronounces it. It's buffet, actually. So it's tricky. Buffet. Okay, so <laughs> I, I am so glad we're recording because I'm going to pretend like I'm really smart and I'm just going to go right into saying your name right. I like that about yeah. recording. Okay, here we go. Erin Bethay, you may know her from one of her favorite roles, uh, which was in Fireproof, and we'll talk about that as well. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I'm so glad to be here to talk about this movie. Yeah, you play uh, one of the daughters in this film where it is based on a true story, kind of a love story about an overprotective military father. Can you tell us a bit about the film? It is, yeah, absolutely. It is based on a true story, um, kind of jumps back and forth between um, sort of a period piece and modern day, basically telling um, my parents in the film uh, their love story, how their sort of courtship happened and how they came together in spite of uh, her, my mother's very disapproving father, um, and how now uh, in the in the modern age our family is faced with a crisis and sort of how we handle the crisis that we're faced with. Yeah, it is a movie that this crisis is a central theme, uh, along with the love story. Uh, Tell us about the true story behind the story. Well, um, it's based on a book, um, actually, that if you're interested in reading the true story, uh, the book is called uh, His Sunrise, My Sunset. Um, and just a really beautiful love story and ultimately a film that for me anyway, as an, as an actor, when I read the script, um, I thought at the end of the day, the movie is about letting go. Um, that's really kind of the central theme in the, in the flashback love story of, um, my parents and sort of how they met and fell in love we see a father who has a lot of trouble letting go of his daughter, letting go of control and of his ideas about who she should be with. Um, And then in our side of the story, we see a family um, that is struggling with the idea of letting go of how they thought the the next several years together would look like. Um, and sort of letting go of some, some maybe some dreams for the future. So um, I think ultimately it's a really powerful story for, for people who um, maybe need a little encouragement that, that things are going to be okay, even if we sometimes have to loosen the reins a little. And you are in the film with some well-known actors as well. Beside yourself, Corbin Burnson, you know him from L.A. Law, Psych, uh, The Resident, um, you have D.D. Wallace from uh, E.T. and others. So there's some uh, there's some familiar faces on this set of this film that you can see. Uh, it's Sunrise in Heaven. Now, you have a, a bit of a background in faith-based films. And one of the films that we kind of 
loved you so much and was fireproof. Uh, that was a, a big film for you. Uh, what are some of the impressions that you have from the film and some of your memories? Oh my goodness. How much time do we have? Um, right? <laughs> I mean, that, that film will, it will always be special to me. It was my first uh, lead role in a feature film. And of course it, it, you know, it did amazing and made a huge impact. And I think that's ultimately my takeaway um, as far as the types of films that I now choose to be a part of as an actor. I don't consider myself a, you know, a, a faith-based film actress. I'm an actress who sometimes does faith-based film. Um, but what I learned from the experience of Fireproof is the importance of making entertainment that isn't just for entertainment's sake, um, making entertainment that impacts people, that challenges people, that gives them hope, um, whatever the, each individual takeaway of each story may be, but that it goes beyond just movie making into something that's actually sort of life changing and makes an impact in some way. Well put. And even when we're not engaged, and not all of us are going to be actors in, in a film, faith-based or otherwise, but in our <laughs> real life, we aren't always preaching the gospel. But when we're engaged in the things that we're engaged to in the world, even if it isn't quote-unquote faith-based, we bring the God story to the things that we're involved in. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, it's that age old quote, you know, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, yes. use words, right? Right. <laughs> yes. I think, uh, yeah, I think that's really powerful. And um, I totally agree with you. I think that there's, uh, our, as, as an artist and as a human being, um, my worldview and my beliefs are demonstrated best by how I live my life and my actions. Um, and that's, you know, that is reflected in the type of work I choose to participate in, but also in just how I treat somebody I ran into at the grocery store. This right, right. Yeah, I'm convicted of that when I'm driving down I-5 with a lot of traffic. So, you know, there's there's those <laughs> yes. things where we all need a little tweaking. I'm not going to lie. Erin, uh, yeah. there is, though, something different about faith-based films and the things that we do that are faith-based and, and the way we live our lives. And it, I think it shows in one interesting little trivia that comes from Fireproof at the end of the film. And this was a film where you starred opposite Kurt Cameron in a story. If you haven't seen it yet, why? What is up with that? Come on, watch Fireproof. <laughs> but in a film where your marriage is kind of on the rocks and God brings it together and is it's a really well done moving film. But at the end of the film, there's a scene of a silhouette of you kissing. And what a lot of people don't know is that that's not really you. Can you tell us that story? It is not. It's not me. Well, um, I mean, first and foremost, Kirk um, is a really dedicated family man. And um, he's got a policy that he doesn't kiss actresses in film and television when he's working opposite them it's just something he does to honor his wife in general and so I think that's that's wonderful that that that's is that just crazy romantic when you heard that did you just go <laughs> oh my goodness are you kidding me I mean that's just oh. what did you think when you when you first heard that it's very sweet and I really ultimately what I thought is that there really probably isn't a movie that that policy is better suited for. Um, when we were talking about, you know, making fireproof wow. and that the idea of this movie is to uphold marriage and to put your marriage above everything else in your life and to, and to be selfless and sacrificial in your love for your spouse. Um, it just felt like, even if it hadn't been Kirk's personal policy, it felt like it was just the right movie um, to make that kind of a statement on because it just ultimately it honored the message of the film. So how did you guys pull it off? <laughs> well, luckily, his beautiful, wonderful wife, um, Chelsea, and I are built pretty similarly. We're both kind of tall and slender and brunettes. 
And so we literally, we shot most of the scene and then we went into a dressing room and she put on my costume and stepped out and got to smooch her husband for a little bit. There you go. <laughs> and it was just enough of a silhouette that you don't really see the faces. So it was, it was really beautiful. And actually, I appreciated it. It was much like, you remember watching old movies where they didn't show everyone going what they did in the bedroom they just showed people walking that direction you know that's uh, that's good enough it really is good enough so it was it was just it it puts the focus on something that's beautiful and I guess I say that to bring home the point I was making that there is something different about living a life dedicated to Christ whether you're doing it in a Christian film or a regular film, or if you're living your life at the supermarket, as you mentioned, or me on (laughs) I-5, or you're in church, whatever it is, the Bible says, do all to the glory of God. But sometimes that can be difficult when you're in any industry, and Hollywood is definitely not exempt. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, we have the same, you know, the same calling on our lives. I mean, one thing that you know, I've sort of resisted a lot as an actor is the idea that because I'm a Christian and I'm an actor, I need to only do Christian films. Um, I think that's, you know, it's a little bit of an unfair (laughs) push, you know, you don't, you don't put those expectations on doctors that if you're a Christian and a doctor, you'll only help sick people who are Christians. Um, (laughs) But uh, at the same time, I do think that as a believer, I have a responsibility to choose the projects that I that I decide to participate in and make sure that they're a reflection of what I say that I believe um, and that I don't come across um, ever, you know, hypocritical. And that's one of the reasons I'm drawn to the stories that I'm drawn to is because they are a reflection of what I believe. But even more importantly is, you know, not what somebody sees me do in a movie, but what somebody who knows me sees me do and, and how I treat them and how I behave. All the all the Christian movies in the world uh, won't make a difference if I don't treat people well on a day-to-day basis. Well put. So some of the things that you are involved in writing and producing other movies that uh, you're you're going to be involved in, uh, Miracle on Christmas, I think is one. Uh, what are some of the things that you're doing? And can you kind of introduce us, get us excited? Because we're in, um, honestly, Erin, we're in this kind of rut of things to watch. We've seen almost everything. So we need a little help here. <laughs> It's true. We've watched all the things this year already, haven't <laughs> yes. we? Yeah, twice. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, Miracle on Christmas is a sweet Christmas film uh, that just came out and uh, came out, I think, on November 3rd, so it's available now. Um, great cast, Jason Berkey from October Baby and I Can Only Imagine, and um, Michael Lynn Hansen um, from Like Arrows, just some really great actors in that film. And um, and then I've got another movie that I just finished shooting, actually, that hopefully will be coming out this coming spring called Adeline. Um, it's another based on a true story film and stars myself and David Shokichi from Baywatch. And of course, John Schneider, our favorite duke from dukes of hazard um and so that one's uh it's got a great cast and i love movies that are based on a true story i just find them you know just like sunrise in heaven i find them just so moving when you're watching this story that really impacts you and you realize that this actually happened to people i think that that's just got a whole other level of effectiveness so i'm excited about that one sunrise in heaven where can we see it I believe it is now available on PureFlix. So Ta-da. if you've got a PureFlix subscription, um, you can check it out on there. I've got a couple of other movies on PureFlix right now, too, including New Life, which is a movie that I wrote and produced. Um, Girl! So while you're on PureFlix, check New Life out, too, and you just have, you know, have yourself a little Aaron Buffet movie. Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> 
because you know we've hung up out with you right no, now through this interview <laughs> we're like no we're like friends now you know it's like you want to see your friend you know it's kind of like binge watching my program you know you can get sick of me I get it but you know that's when you pause and you get some popcorn you come back and you know you just don't give up on your friends Aaron you don't give up that's on your right. friends right. <laughs> it's been so much fun hanging out with you talking with you getting to know you a little bit more we'll talk more in the future about your projects and what you're involved in uh, but uh, right now you may want to take a look at sunrise in heaven you can always let me know what you think about the film and remember we've had a really good time with Aaron today thanks Aaron thank you well, you are engaged in another opportunity to find out what to do during this crazy time in history. I think we've watched everything we could watch. We've streamed everything we could stream. What should we do? Well, we're here for you with Entertainment Review. In our Entertainment Review today, you can get lost in Christmas movies. Do you know in 2020, uh, 2020, there are 97 new Christmas movies, 97, but there is actually a few that stand out and one in particular we're going to be talking about today. I'm so glad you came back to Santa Land this year. Is that the bracelet your grandma gave you? Yep, it's got things on it. True beauty is here. So what do you want to be when you grow up? My mother says I could be a fashion model, but maybe I could be a farmer, too. You're beautiful, Belle. <laughs> Bye, Belle. Don't forget to write. Ten pals forever. Connect with the horse. Did you find anything else for me? Nature's beauty. Adult diapers. I am aging out. I need to find that bracelet. I lost it when I was 10 at Santa Land. Maybe I really does have the answers. What answers? Santa Land, you're not making sense. Are you okay? I'm going to Georgia. Bell Winters. Wow, I remember this. 25 years is a long time to catch up on. I think I remember somebody telling me a long time ago that they wanted to be a farmer. There's a spark between y'all. I've seen it. We don't have anything in common. I came here looking for something I haven't found yet. Maybe you found it and just don't know it. This movie we talked about last week. Adam Holtz and I said, you know what? This movie actually stands out and for a lot of reasons. It's not only well done. It's not only charming. And maybe it starts out like all the 97 other Christmas movies. But I'll tell you what, it only takes a few minutes before you realize there's something special about this one. And we have the two. And there's a reason why this Christmas love story has great chemistry. Uh, Jen Gotson. And her husband, Jim Chandler, are the two that fall in love. So there's some on-screen chemistry. Guys, welcome to our program today. Thank you for having us. Hi, Michelle. We're so grateful to be here. So how have you ever acted or done a project together like this before? <laughs> you know, we have. We actually met on a movie set. This one, but yeah, we've met on that. Yeah, one, yeah not so. this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be hard to do on this one because you have a, a, a young baby at home. So we're going to back up just yeah. a little bit. Can, can you tell us that story? Absolutely. The story of how the movies we've worked on or the, how this film Oh, came how you to met. Be. No, I want to hear how you met. And then we're going to get to this. We want to hear why there's chemistry in, uh, in The Farmer and the Bell Saving Santa Land. Oh, I love it. Well, we met on a movie uh, that we filmed in Savannah, Georgia, Tybee Island. And um, that's where our friendship began. And Jim courted my heart. I was going through a really difficult time at the time. Um, and he courted my heart with handwritten letters. And that is where the inspiration of the pen pals came. And then we focused oh. on... <laughs> That's the, part of the movie, guys. That's part of the movie. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. How and, sweet. Um, and and then his pastor helped us understand how do you pursue love. In Hebrews, you have Raya, Ahava, and Dod, uh, the Hebrew translation for love. And what that really stands for is you have to have a friendship. Then you have to have that loyal commitment in your heart. And then it's that passion, that flicker um, 
that people actually just jump to right now yes, without yes. the other. And so Jim and I pursued God's love for us in that relationship. And we have a call to be able to do stories that impact lives. And and so that's I believe, is really the root of the chemistry that you see in the farmer in the bell saving Santa land. <laughs> and some of the inside story, that is so precious. And we see that kind of courting. We see a real connection so much deeper than, ooh, she's hot, or you know, that, <laughs> that carnal kind of a, a thing that we really put a lot of emphasis on, but it doesn't get us very far. Without being preachy, without being over the top, you just watch it live out right in front of you on the screen in such a sweet and really romantic way really fun romantic way and in a way that even our movie reviewer Adam Holtz said oh I just got sucked into this movie you know so when you have a guy that says oh yeah I'm all about this Christmas romance movie you know you've got a winner (laughs) Adam did such an amazing job with the review you know he really captured the comprehensive detail that we pursued with writing the script with our talented writing team and it was so special because we wanted to take people on twists and turns. We wanted to add comedy and hijinks and fun. And then we wanted to drop those pearls of wisdom that inspire the soul through the Christmas season. You know, Jen, you mentioned comedy. I was really impressed with your comedic timing. The kind of comedy <laughs> that in, a, in this kind of rom-com, um, it can it can get kind of over the top or a little bit goofy. You, you know what I mean. Uh, you're an right. actress. You know what I mean. And so that is a really hard line to toe as an actor to make it really believable and funny without being a little bit too goofy. And so you did a really, I just wanted to give you kudos, actor to actor. You did a great job there. Jim, I wanted to talk to you, speaking of actors, uh, you have a pretty cool cast of characters, including Corbin Burnson and John Snyder. Take a listen. He's musically inclined and he's bringing it to the farmer in the the belt. It's the best time of the year Well, I don't know if there'll be snow But have a cup of cheer Have a holly jolly Christmas And when you walk down the street Why don't you say hello to friends you know And everyone you meet Ho, 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 the mistletoe It's hung where you can see Somebody waits for you Why don't you kiss her once for me Have a holly jolly Christmas And in case you didn't hear Oh by golly Have a holly jolly Christmas This year Yeah, it was a lot of fun to be able to bring in some of the, you know, uh, some wonderful talent that, uh, that we've been blessed to work with in the past. So it was really great to have Corbin uh, play my father. Uh, we've uh, Jen has known him for a while, and then I have worked. I was able to work with him on a couple of projects that Jen was on because Jen, me and Jen have actually worked on over fifteen projects together. So we kind of help each other out. I'm embarrassed. Little, I didn't day. know that. I am so no, sorry. Okay. I didn't no, 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 know that. No, you shouldn't be. Don't be embarrassed. A lot of the things aren't even listed on our IMDb's, and you would have to search every single thing. So um, that's no problem. But yeah, so it was great. And she worked with John Schneider back on a movie called Doombie. And it was great to have them in. They actually were all on set together for one day and uh, on one of the days. uh, And uh, it was really good. Like a big party. Yeah, I'd always looked up to Corbin. And I, you know, of course, knew John Schneider. And it was great to have Henry Cho there as well, the stand-up comedian from Knoxville, uh, who was really, really funny. And uh, Becca Shea was there to uh, to help with some of the... Santa Land festivities, and uh, she was uh, she was wonderful, and yeah, it was just great. And the, all the all the kids, all the talent that we brought on that um, that we had was it was just a joy and a pleasure to work with all of them. Yeah, lots of fun. Let's talk a little bit about the plot of the of the film and what people can expect. Absolutely. 
So the farmer in the bell feeding sample land, it begins with Grammy giving young Belle this heirloom bracelet with inscriptions telling her that beauty is on the inside. And while she's so excited, she goes to Santa land. It's a farm Christmas festival, and then she loses it in uh, the pig pen. Well, now as an adult, she's become this very famous model, and she's now at the end of her career, and she's aging out. And she says, you know, I really need to find that bracelet because I believe I need that message. So even though she doesn't really want to, she decides I have to overcome my fears and go back to Santa land and face those chickens, pigs, and cows. I have to rekindle that relationship with my childhood pen pal. And she learns now that this may be the last year of Santa land. And so through this, she has to decide, if I don't find my bracelet, will I look inward for my beauty and value based on God's truth? Or... Will I go back to the glitz and glam of the fashion world and what the world tells me what my value is based in? And what a fun ride along the way. It really is. It's it's a charming movie. It is something everyone in the family can enjoy. I think uh, some of the aspects of the film uh, kind of angle every age, wouldn't you say, Jim? Yeah, I believe so. I think that uh, one of the things that was, it's so much fun to have uh, the my little niece play my daughter so that we could really have somebody that little kids could identify with <laughs> and just see, yeah. see that those fun moments of like doing the chores and just seeing her vivaciousness and her energy. And that just kind of connects us to the young kids. And then um, also for the men, you know, get they get to see uh, a, a relationship that um, you know, started as they start as kids, and then as adults, you get to see how Josh uh, cares for Bell and how he how he cares for the women in his life, and including uh, the fact that he's a widower and misses his wife. So you see a you see kind of a, a heartbroken man who is still dedicated to understanding that women are valuable and that that message is important for women to understand, including in his daughter. And he wants Bell to understand it too. And even though Josh is troubled, and you know he has his own flaws that you'll have to see to find out, but uh, the main thing that Josh does is that he supports the value that's in, in that's that's inherent in all the women that he encounters. So that's the message that we want men to take away is that we can support the value that already is in women. We can't give it to them. Come on. That's awesome. All right, Jim, you and I are going to talk for a minute here about Christmas rom-coms. I have found out. Now, this might, you know, Jen and I might be able to sit down and go, hey, you know what? Let's make some cocoa. Let's hang out. Let's watch some Christmas rom-coms. And it's, and it's perfectly cool, right? But I found out, Jim, that there is a lot of men whose guilty pleasure, and you shouldn't be guilt, feel guilty about this. It's okay. Is watching Christmas rom-coms. What is up with that? Well, well, I hope that it's something that is definitely true, and they all go out and get the movie to watch it with their family and their wives and girlfriends at the home and do a date night. But if I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. I love what we did with our movie, but this isn't the normal type of movie that I would necessarily watch. But I'm so thankful to have made it because it has such a powerful message, and it is a good watch because it is a little bit different than that stereotypical Hallmark or Lifetime you know, yeah. this is the same, the, the same kind of story where it's kind of superficial and vanilla. We actually go deep and we want people to think about. That's it. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. It's the God story in it. It's deeper because, look, I, I this is not honestly Christmas rom-coms. I, I found out I really kind of do like it when there's nothing else going on. I, I was I was at a, an event. I was at a hotel. There was nothing around. There were Christmas rom-coms a couple of years ago. I was like, okay, you know, same story, a different set. But that's what's different about The Farmer and the Bell, Saving Santa Land, is that there is a deeper story. And it leaves you not like after you've eaten junk food and you're like, that didn't feel so good. But after you had a a really good, satisfying meal, right? That's what I think I liked about the movie. And I think that is why uh, I'm hearing from men that they enjoyed the movie, too. So you want to make wife points. That's a great thing to just pick up Farmer and the Bell and say, hey, we're going to watch a rom-com. I want to be able to share how that meaning got in there. We worked with Greg and Aaron Smalley, uh, who are psychologists uh, that 
speak and they write books and they have such a great uh, ministry at Focus on the Family. And we said to Greg and Aaron, we said, this is our core mission is to help destroy the lie 90% of girls and women believe. They believe if I'm beautiful, then I'm worthy to be loved. And that is a lie that I struggled with since I was a little girl. And after learning that 90% of women feel that, uh, Greg and Aaron said, this is how you take the psychology of the pain. You identify the wound. You have to have an open heart. This is how you heal that wound. And they worked with us along the psychology of the script. So when those pearls of wisdom dropped in, we're speaking to the wound of the heart. And I think that's why... God's hand has allowed us to go a little bit deeper, but it's still such a fun, comedic, fun, fun family movie that you don't realize you're walking away with pearls of wisdom until it's over. And you're like, wow, that, that's that how awesome. it should be. Yeah. That's it, how it also, it, say that, uh, it also, it also, like, we, we ended up hiring somebody who's written for Hallmark and Lifetime as well. So they actually knew how to craft it so that it hits those points, the different points or breaks in a film that people don't really think about, but you, you don't recognize that they're gone. Uh, but then you just think, Oh, I didn't really like that movie because it, it wasn't breaking properly. The story wasn't flowing in the, in the format that it needed to. So we go even deeper with our story, but we also keep that structure so that everybody can identify that, Hey, this movie's well-made. This, is, this story's <laughs> breaking when it's supposed to, and I'm engaged. So that's what we show for. I, I like it. And yeah, when I, did the- test screenings, I literally had a clock and I tested Every time people laughed, every time people cried, to make sure that every minute there was some sort of um, uh, reaction coming from the audience so we could keep people um, on the string throughout the entire film. That's great. You put a lot of thought, a lot of intellect, a lot of planning. And and you know what? This has a a powerful faith element without being in your face. Kind of like real life. I've I've talked often, and as you're listening, you know, I've complained about the Jesus screamers because when we go to games, they have these big (laughs) megaphones and they're screaming, you're going to hell. I'm thinking, you know... St. Francis, <laughs> preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. You know, it's, it's, it, it is so powerful, even in a film, when you can live it out in a real, real way that's relatable to people every day. I, I like that about this movie. And, and I'm straight about movies. If there's something uh, I'm not so fond about, I'll, I'll let I'll let you know as you're listening. I think you're really going to enjoy The Farmer and the Bell. And Jen, you've been engaged in uh, uh, fa- uh, faith films. Uh, you've seen how the faith film industry has really improved from the times where you know, you were watching a faith film and you're thinking, well, okay, I have to do this because because uh, <laughs> I love Jesus. But <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean, guys. I've been in a lot of those movies, Michelle. I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> but, but you know, the filmmakers behind them, their hearts are so beautiful and the friendships made are life lasting. And we're if we didn't have those, we couldn't that. grow. Jen, if we didn't have those, we couldn't grow to where we are today. You've got to start somewhere. Absolutely. And I know that was an inspiration why we strived to hire professionals like George Escobar, who's now also at Focus on the Family, which we're excited for. He was one of our producers. He helped guide us through our Fishes and Loaves budget to be able to bring this to the screen <laughs> and honor people. It, it's just awesome. Okay. So I want to ask you about that because I have never interviewed anyone who's involved in a faith project who did not have something, you know, that we just couldn't, it couldn't happen, uh, or something miraculous, just God just brought in the provision. It's as though God becomes the mm. master pr- producer. You know, there's the yeah. producers, there's associate producers, but God's like the master producer. Can you tell me one of those crazy cool stories? Amen. We dealt a lot with weather on set, which is common. Many filmmakers in faith pray and the weather changes. Um, <laughs> two stories I want to try real quick. One, our ending scene where Belle and Josh fall in love was supposed to be on a bridge. And it was a psychological concept of bridge therapy. You leave one side and you go to the other. Well, it rained. We couldn't film there. And so um, our director said, let's have them go where they 
started as kids. So it's a bookend. Mm. And now that scene has magical snow in it. It has roses and lights. And it is just something that gives you chills of what beauty <laughs> looks like. And that would have not happened if uh, we had our own way. God had its own way. And then uh, in 30 seconds, um, our Christmas tree farm scene, it rained that day. And we have 55 people on our prayer team praying, but it still rained. And now that becomes a setup for the payoff of how Belle saved Santa Land. If it didn't rain on the Christmas tree farm, we would not have really gotten how important this Christmas tree farm is. So Isn't that amazing? And plus, yeah, it's just awesome. There's so many countless stories, but those would be two that people could see on screen. I have had so much fun talking with you, Jim and Jen. Uh, you're like old friends, and this is the first time Yay. we've talked. So um, we have to we have to get together again. You guys come back and we'll sit down, have a cup of coffee. There's baby in the background. Yeah, it's I like a family say, gathering. Baby James, wanted, baby James wanted to say hello too. <laughs> I love it. Aw, that's yeah. precious, okay. guys. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. God bless and. God bless you, God bless. Michelle, Thank and you. happy Thanksgiving and Merry Christmas. Happy, happy everything, and bless, bless, blessings <laughs> to everyone. I'm crazy about you. You're so amazing, Jen. All right, <laughs> bye, guys. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Well, happy Thanksgiving weekend. We, you and I, are embarking on a grand adventure called Getting Plugged Into the Movies with Adam Holtz, the one and only. I'm pretty cool. Plugging you into the movies, this is Adam Holtz. Yeah, it's that time. We're going to be looking at what to watch, when to watch it, and if it's even worth a watch. Adam, happy Friday. How was your happy. Thanksgiving? Uh, you know, um, we're less turkey people and more ham people. I'm sure that's sacrilegious, but... A little bit. You know, uh, shameless product plug, no promotional considerations paid. We had a honey-baked ham, <laughs> and I'm telling you what, I mean, ham... <laughs> With brown sugar is pretty close to heaven in my book. <laughs> is it? Because I really do like the turkey. What do you guys do for Christmas? Uh, honey baked ham. <laughs> so you are really all right. Just, we're, just we're consistent. Ham it up. How about how about how about Easter? Well, you know, <laughs> when my wife's family are really on their game, we sometimes have lamb, uh, okay. and that's really good too. So there you go. All right, just wondering because most people have ham at Easter, so you guys are just going to do it different all the you know, way around. You know, we just got it. We just got to march <laughs> to the beat of our own drummer, Michelle. That's right. You just got to. So uh, this is a big weekend for movies. Christmas weekend is a big weekend for movies as well. What do we have to look forward to this weekend? Well, there's one big one in theaters. Uh, assuming that your theaters are still open in the Seattle area, ours are. Ours are closing down. It's just, man, Hit and it's, miss. Really, it's not good out there. But if you are able to go to a theater, The Crudes, A New Age uh, is out. My name's Eep. Big it stuff. It's news. And we're the world's first family, The Crudes. Oh, another glorious morning. Dad always says the pack stays together. That's my girl. Boom. Now we're searching for a perfect place to call home. What the heck is that? It's the end of the world. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. <gasps> <gasps> Isn't it strange how this food grows in perfectly straight... <gasps> I thought cave people died off years ago. We... Happy meet you. Thanks. Oh. We are the, the Bettermans. Better man? Emphasis on the better. <laughs> is that your home? Kind of big, isn't it? And this is a sequel to the 2013 animated kids movie, The Crudes. 
Um, and no, this is not a, a movie about lots of crude jokes, although there is a little bit of bathroom humor, of course. It is about a Neanderthal family just trying to, you know, just trying to survive, literally. Um, this time around, the crude family is on the move. They are looking for a new and safer home. Nicolas Cage voices Grug, the patriarch of the family, and Ryan Reynolds and Emma Stone are a couple other characters uh lend their voices to a couple of other characters and basically they uh they're sort of just trudging along not sure what they're looking for when they come across a wall of all things and on the other side of the wall is total paradise they think they've hit the jackpot but it turns out that the wall was built by a more evolved family known as the bettermans and the bettermans have a young daughter. The Crudes have a couple of young children. And this is a movie really about learning to get along with people uh, that we don't necessarily like, uh, people who are different from us. Uh, and so the central conflict here is that they both want this same space as their home. And, you know, I find it interesting. I'm sure this movie was in production well before the nightmare that is 2020 <laughs> began to <laughs> unfurl. Uh, but I think it has some lessons here, you know, about getting along with people who are different. Uh, about how we solve conflict with other people that we're in close proximity to. So apart from that, toilet humor and not a ton of that, this is a really nice movie and I think uh, strangely appropriate for our time. The one caveat is how interesting it is in science that we just assume that there are these different evolutionary stages sure. of man. And so for some people, they're looking at that going, come on, really? Uh, yeah. But when you when you look past, that is part of the one theory of our origins. Look, If you look past it and just look at it as a story, yeah. you can enjoy it. No, that's right. And that's a... It. That's a good philosophical caveat. You know, I sort of was taking that as a given, but that certainly is worth pointing out as well. Well, sometimes we need to think about those things. You know, we are living we in the world that we're in. I, and you have to decide as a viewer and as a parent, especially of young kids as you're watching these films, what you want to not expose them to. Right. Well, these are ideas, they're theories that are out there. And as uh, offensive as I think it is, and we've talked on our science um podcast about how crazy it is to just teach one theory in school what are we afraid of in the same regard maybe it's not so bad to allow our kids to say you know these are other ways people think uh, yep let's get into it so there you go just giving you a little little insight well, and, because sometimes and, we struggle right yeah absolutely and I, and I think that here's what I love about what you just said every single thing that we indulge in or consume entertainment-wise, from TV shows to music, even car commercials or commercials in general, everything has a worldview. Everything is delivering a message about what the creators of that piece of art think is most important in life. And so even with kind of a throwaway animated movie, there's potential for a conversation about worldview here. And so, you know, we tend to talk about those things when uh, the contrast between our worldview and what we see in a film is more stark or more offensive. But, man, what a great reminder that every movie, every TV show can be a launching pad for a deeper conversation with our families. I like it. Uh, speaking of a deeper conversation, you and I talked about this film uh, last week, just reviewed a little bit of it. Uh, the Farmer and the Bell talked yeah. with Jim Jim Chandler and Jen uh, Gotson, who are the lead characters in this film. And it's a rom-com, a Christmas rom-com, one of yep. like 97 that are made yeah, this exactly. year. But, but that uh, kind of a deeper worldview is really and a lot of thoughtfulness went into yes. this film and so as rom commy and was at times slapsticky without being over the top I would say uh, as it as it is because it's a rom-com it has that deeper feel as well yeah absolutely and it's a movie that if you like Hallmark movies this feels like those but definitely is a deeper uh, a deeper message about where we find our significance and the bell in the farmer and the bell um, is an aging supermodel who really is trying to come to grips with 
with her identity. You know, is she more than her looks? Is she more than people's approval of her? Is she more than her latest magazine spread? Um, and of course, she is. But she has to, you know, face some hurdles and some insecurities to really embrace the fact that her identity goes deeper than what she looks like. And man, Michelle, you know, we live in a culture that places so much emphasis on appearance. And, you know, a few people hit the genetic jackpot, right? And they're, they're you know, physically perfect. And then there's the rest of us. Well, maybe you're in that category too. I shouldn't speak for you, but I, I don't think I get up anybody's in the and physically perfect. You know, and you I don't know. think we think that we are, but we can get the perception that someone is. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, but I think that, that most of us at some level struggle with insecurities about how lovable and how acceptable we are. And The Farmer and the Bell really deals with those themes. And I, I really liked it, especially for those messages. Yeah, and it was an enjoyable film. So that's my pick this week. What about another opportunity for us well, to let's, get to the movies? Let's do a speed round because we got a bunch of big Christmassy kind of movies out this week. Um, we have. Wait, Dolly- can I stop you there? Can I stop you there? We actually have a speed round. I mean, 2020 has been a barren desert of regurgitated <laughs> entertainment and now we have a speed round see things now are looking we, up people things are looking up <laughs> that's go, right man, go. so um we have dolly parton's christmas on the square christmas is a time for caring being at your best christmas is a time for sharing knowing you've been blessed there are the haves and the have-nots, and you could be either one. Who are you? Well, Angel. What do you want from me? Change. What you're doing now is such a low blow. Demolishing the lives of all the people you know. The deadline to be out of your homes is now Christmas Eve. Gotta get on. There's no reason to wait around. Angels making things all right. Oh, what joyful things! That's what Christmas is. Christmas on the square. And if you have been thinking to yourself, self, um, we really need a remake of the Christmas Carol. Uh, this is sort of that. I mean, sometimes I wake up in the morning and that's what I am thinking, right? Yeah. Um, oh, so my. Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square is uh, basically Dolly Parton plays an angel whose uh, name is, I think, Angel. And um, she floats into the life of a very Scrooge-like woman who has, weirdly enough, inherited an entire town. And she's decided she is going to evict everybody who lives in the town so that she can sell the property. So Dolly Parton shows up like the convicting spirit of Christmas uh, to say, hey, maybe don't be so greedy. (laughs) Uh, So that one is on Netflix. It started last weekend. Okay. Um, And and I think it's a, a fun movie. Again, if you're a Dolly Parton fan and if you're into that sort of Oh, reasonably predictable melodrama. Um, that is an option for you. Uh, and then the other one, I was thinking we had three, but it's just two, so it may not be quite as speedy as well, I hinted. We'll take I, what we can get at this I, point. I apologize for the false advertising. <laughs> um, is uh, Christmas Chronicles 2. You're on hallowed ground here. We're about to witness something that no one else on Earth has ever seen. But Welcome to the North Pole. Santa! <laughs> Kate Pierce. How did you get here? You and Jack are supposed to be on vacation with your family. Our shuttle fell into this wormhole. Have a nice trip. Aren't you Mrs. Claus? Uh-huh. Ah! Ah! What is that thing? Here's an F. You're in Santa's village, the real one. That is the Christmas star. Created by the forest elves in 312 AD. The star protects us and keeps us hidden. And I'm here to steal it. What's happening? 
I'm gonna make everybody forget that the North Pole and Santa Claus ever existed. Bell Snickle. This is bad. Without the star, the North Pole, the village, Christmas is due! And uh, if you're not waking up wondering if Dolly Parton can be an angel of conviction, maybe you woke up thinking, you know what the world really needs this year uh, is another Kurt Russell film with Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. Boom. You are in <laughs> luck. Uh, a couple of years ago, Christmas Chronicles came out, and it was a story about two kids basically trying to film Santa. They end up in Santa's sleigh. Hijinks and chaos ensue, and they have to help him save Christmas. This one is similar. Um, it is uh, the same family, same characters, and the teenage daughter, Kate, uh, is kind of, well, she's not happy that her mom is getting remarried because her dad died before the events of Christmas Chronicle. Uh, and so she wishes to run away, and she gets her wish granted in a roundabout way and uh, ends up um, with a disgruntled elf who is really angry with the Clauses, Mr. and Mrs. Claus, and they get into a lot of trouble and, again, have to save Christmas. So if you liked the first one, in some ways I think this is a better story, and the first one had a couple of profanities in it, and this one doesn't have any. So this is actually a cleaner story than the one we saw a couple of years ago. And frankly, I think Kurt Russell as Santa Claus is pretty much a stroke of genius. So <laughs> Is it? So. Is it? Okay, okay. I didn't see the first Chronicles. I, I know of them. But I might have to give it a watch because it is at least something new. I do like to traditionally save anything Christmas until the turkey clears the table. So we're all good now. And this is this is interesting. The uptick in a little bit higher morality, can we say? What's up with that? We don't we don't often see that. So that's what is there a method behind that? Is there reasoning? I you know, there's something out there for everyone. Um and, I mean, there's also three Christmas movies out there this week that um, that are focused on same-sex romances. So there's a lot of everything out there uh, that, uh, that uh, people could potentially watch this weekend. But those are the, the ones that I would want to focus on. Yeah, I mean, there are, uh, it seems that Hallmark has things kind of dialed in with their formulaic kind yes. of Christmas movies. Uh, other channels and other outlets are doing the same thing but they're making it much more uh, sexual or uh, their message like you said same-sex relationships those right. kind of things um, they they have their own pointed message right and and I think that that's where all of these streaming outlets really help us you know there's there's good and not so good on most of them. Well, except Hallmark, which is mostly good. Um, but if you want to find something that really doesn't have much content to navigate, that are just feel-good stories. And I think sometimes we might almost think of these as guilty pleasures, but, man, I don't think we need to feel guilty about wanting to watch uh, a story that doesn't bombard us with the brokenness and messiness of life. And so... Something I like think Dolly. We need an escapism. Well, <laughs> exactly. Right. Think back into history, Adam. When we were re watching movies during the time of the Great Depression, few of those movies had sad endings or right. brought to life the misery of what was going on. They were an escapism, and that's why Absolutely. they made money. People had enough of reality. Thank you very much. I yep. just want to. I just want something that feels good for a moment. That's right, Dolly Parton as an angel. I mean, <laughs> there you go. That's what we. What got more going do you want this, week. this weekend? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as we go into the Christmas season, and as I said, the turkeys cleared the table. It's okay. Feliz Navidad and all of that stuff. What can we look forward to? You know, we're going back into um, a time where we're getting a bunch of indie stuff that nobody has heard of. So the Crudes was really the big... Uh, sort of the high watermark for Thanksgiving. We have Wonder Woman, right? Well, we do. That's about four weeks out. So okay. that is uh, Christmas Day, I believe. And, of course, they have announced that it will be streaming on HBO Max as well if you either don't want to go to a theater or are someplace where you, you know, couldn't even go to a theater if you wanted to. If you don't have HBO Max already, you know, sign up for a day, watch Wonder Woman, <laughs> and then cancel it. <laughs> um, I know, but that's, that's probably plan. the... 
that's my plan. That's probably the biggest thing uh, on the horizon. And then we'll just have to see after that, you know, what's coming. Um, so that's where we're at. All right. It sounds like a plan. We have some things to look forward to, some things we might want to avoid. That's okay, too. And we have gotten you plugged into the movies. Boom, boom, boom. Checklist done. We can go into the weekend, Adam. I'm liking it. I think uh, I think we can do it, and we can just uh, sleep off all of that turkey, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have plenty of leftovers. I'll be doing this for a few days. So yeah. thanks, Adam. We'll catch you next week. All right. Sounds great, Michelle. Thank you. Entertainment news. All right, as we round up the program today, let's get some entertainment news. Nothing is more entertaining or heartwarming than kids doing sweet things. And NBR star Steph Curry and his wife, Aisha, shared the most precious video of their little baby boy worshiping to praise music. Yeah, forget the entertainment. He's in it for the praise. She put the moment on Twitter and she said we listen to this song almost every night before bed. Canyon says he's worshiping and makes whoever is in the room do it as well. It is the sweetest, she says. She said she tried to record him the other night but got hot. <laughs> it's kind of precious. This is a little sound from it. <laughs> in other entertainment news, there was a clip from the new HBO documentary called Transhood. And this documentary is a show about a mother declaring her four-year-old son is a girl. Transhood has caused a lot of controversy on social media. The film is normalizing transgenderism among children. And yeah, I think, in my opinion, over the top. What you do as an adult might be one thing. But when you start messing with kids and start making declarations for them before they get a chance to grow up and figure things out, ooh, that's kind of crazy. That is one thing going on in the world of entertainment. Hey, you know DC Talk? Remember this song? Well, DC Talk is celebrating their 25th anniversary of the Jesus Freak album. There'll be contests, special edition releases, and a lot more. We may look forward to an interview on our entertainment review on My Michelle Live with the folks from the Christian Rap group DC Talk, Michael Tate, Toby Mack, Kevin Smith. Now they split in the early 2000s, but they are releasing this special 25th anniversary version of Jesus Freak, known for the single by the same name. Hey, did you hear about the California pastor? He is continuing on in NBC's The Voice. He advanced through the battle round on Tuesday night. His name is Jim Ranger. He's a campus pastor and a worship leader at a church called New Life Church in Bakersfield, California. He secured a spot on Team Blake, singing a rendition of Keith Urban's Blue Ain't Your Color during his blind edition. And now he continues to head to a four-way knockout round after beating John Sullivan during week one in the battle performance. He's 38, and he says his life has always revolved around worship music. And I, I think it's kind of fun to watch.
I mentioned this story in our sports podcast, but I wanted to give kudos to Michael Jordan. Feeding American announced Wednesday that Michael Jordan had donated $2 million, all to help feed the hungry, to help those who are facing hunger. The proceeds of the donations came from the ESPN documentary. It was about Jordan's Chicago Bulls team in the 97-98 season called The Last Dance. And from beast mode to feed mode, special kudos to Marshawn Lynch. He handed out 200 turkeys in Hawaii this week during Thanksgiving week to help those who may be struggling. So some good things going on out there in the entertainment world and more. So awesome that you're here with us with the My Michelle Live podcast. Go to MyMichelleLive.com for more. More entertainment at MyMichelleLive.com.